It's the fourth and final hour of First Up here on this Tuesday morning. You're listening to TSN 10. Oh, You're listening God. to Rulnik and Coley Yakovo. You're not having a good time today? I'm having a great time today. It's just, it seems like it's like taking forever. Is oh, I was hoping we could go on a couple more hours. I mean, I don't know. I got lots more takes on Sam Lafferty. His place. Oh, okay. Let's go. Let's hear them. <laughs> Should he start on the third line? Maybe the third line center. And maybe play with Pierre Engvall and and Callie Yarncroak. Maybe the fourth line play with Noel Achari and Zach Aston Reese. You know, those mm-hmm. are the real pressing questions this morning, Coco. And uh, we've been breaking it down all morning. The acquisition of McCabe and Lafferty to the Leafs and. Like for like you know Austin Matthew, John Tavares, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, the guys who've been here, Morgan Riley, been here for a long time, been here through the highs of the regular season and the lows of the postseason. Bringing in all these new faces must be like, all right, all right, we better uh, go out and and make some make some serious headway and win a round as opposed to lose. Well, it's something they've done you know, basically every year for their entire existence as a franchise together, but. You've lived this throughout your NHL career, too, right? We were talking about the Ryan Miller acquisition by the Blues all those years ago where your team in St. Louis is one of the best in the NHL, and you bring in a goalie, which is something you desperately needed, much like the Leafs desperately needed that tenacious forecheck and, you know, those guys who can score those difficult goals in front of the net. That's what Kyle Dubas identified. That's what Kyle Dubas went out and got, and... You know, you bring in a guy like Ryan Miller, I'm sure you were all sitting there like, whoa, all right, we got a Vezina Trophy goaltender coming in. Didn't necessarily work the way it had hoped, but at the mm. same time, I think you have to respect management for going out and addressing a need like the Leafs did, and in, in your case with St. Louis, Doug Armstrong did, right? We definitely respected it, and at the time, we thought it was going to be the difference for us, but it, like you said, it didn't work out that way because... You know, it's the one thing I've always said about, you know, even going back to last year when everybody was up in arms about the Maple Leafs going out and acquiring a goaltender and bringing in a Marc-Andre Fleury to upgrade over Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. I said, the thing you have to be careful of, and it hasn't happened, there hasn't been a very high success rate for it, of a goalie changing places in the middle of the season or at the deadline, that ends up being a difference maker as to why a team wins a playoff round or wins a Stanley Cup. Go back in history. I'll, I'll tell you right now, the last guy that I think would, and we, I looked at this last year, Dwayne Rollison. You remember when Dwayne Rollison got traded from yes. Minnesota to Edmonton? Edmonton. And then got hurt. They went to the then, Cup. Well, they got hurt. He got hurt in the finals. And remember who was the, the goalie, Ninamaki? Um, oh, and Taro Nidamaki. Nidamaki yeah. was the guy that took over in the <laughs> in the finals against Carolina that year. So, you know, that was my experience of acquiring a goaltender. And when we acquired Ryan Miller, look, he was a guy that was rumored to be on the move, and we in St. Louis were a team that was, um, uh, you know, rumored to be to to be acquiring him. And when we did, man, just the jolt of energy that it provided for our group, knowing that we, like you said, we're bringing a Vesna caliber goaltender, a guy that's going to make us a legitimate threat playing against the Chicago Blackhawks team in the first round of the playoffs, maybe helping us march to the Stanley cup. It was a complete bust for us because Ryan Miller played nowhere near his capabilities in that playoff round. And, Probably was a difference as to why we didn't win that series. And so, but you live and you learn. 
I mean, uh, you know, the fact that we got to bring in a guy like that, but the the thing that I want to share is for a goaltender, it's probably the hardest position to get adjusted to with a new team because you're getting used to playing with a, with new players in in a new rink with new systems and stuff like that. You know, it's the comfort of being in your net, you know, knowing where your net is, knowing your angles in the rink, maybe the lighting in the rink, whatever it is, or even just having a comfort with the players based on some of the signals that you create with, you know, voice signals or, or, or stick signals or whatever it means. For whatever reason, it just didn't work out for us in St. Louis, but I can tell you what, when the move was made, the level of excitement in our group, we just, we thought we were going to be unbeatable and nobody was going to stop us. Yeah, unfortunately, that was not the case. But, yeah, I remember when Ryan Miller was traded to the Blues all those years ago. It was probably maybe university, just graduated. I was like, oh, the Blues are going to be absolutely vicious. Koliakovo and Petrangelo on the back end together. Good luck. Unfortunately, was not the case. Um, Well, the other addition in that move was was Steve Ott. Steve Ott came over. That's right, Otter. Love Otter. We gave up uh, Halak. Um... Chris Stewart, and I believe it was another prospect. And we were on the road when that trade happened. We were in Anaheim, and I like we woke up from a nap, and the deal was done, and we're all in the snack room uh, down in the basement uh, or down in the the lobby of, of the of the hotel. And it was tough because you're in the snack room, you're you're celebrating with your teammates about the move that you just made, but you're also with your old teammates that just got traded, and um, you know you're saying your goodbyes to them too. So it was an emotional ride, but. Clearly, it was one that we were ecstatic about because we knew it was going to make us better in the long term. It just didn't give us the playoff success that we envisioned. So, Coco, we discussed in the previous segment about ChatGPT, which is an artificial intelligence app that allows you to basically ask it questions and it will give you answers. So, 20 Fingers, great work by him, asked ChatGPT to write a jingle for a sports radio show called First Up, hosted by Aaron and Carlo. Here is how this goes. Get your game face on. It's time to play. First up with Aaron and Carlos, the only way. From the sidelines to the dugout too, first up brings you, brings the sports news to you. The chorus, first up, first up. Tune in now. Don't give up. All the scores, all the stats, only on first up. That's where it's at. I mean, wow. this, this all rhymes. From basketball to hockey night, Aaron and Carlos Got it just got wow. it just right. They've got the play-by-play. First up's the show you need each day. That's all from 20 Fingers, just asking Chat GPT to come up with something. And how crazy is that technology these days? I'd love to actually hear so the jingle funny. of it. So and it's like it's remarkable stuff, honestly. Um, what and it's kind of scary at times too. There's a lot of stuff that we could do with Chat GPT on this program to enhance the quality of First Stop. And I think the new jingle may have been written by Chat GPT. And Cheese wants to add the make the jingle with a robot voice out of this. So Cheese, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do: contact our guy Kristoff. You and him come together, produce the new First Up song written by chat gpt this is very (laughs) exciting stuff here very exciting stuff we have been needing a new jingle in the worst way i can't remember what our old jingle sounded like but i don't know if we can compete with chat gpt as far as the amount of content that it can derive as far as different jingles for our program so shout out to them great stuff great stuff well you saw remember yesterday we were talking about tiktok 
and how it can yeah. get banned. And it was banned in federal employees' phones yesterday. Oddly enough, what? As yeah, isn't that weird? We were talking about TikTok, and then it ended up actually happening. So probably the first of uh, why. What is what is what harm? Well, is I think TikTok it's like this, this the security stuff. We already talked about this yesterday. Um, how it's like a Chinese company, and they share a lot of information oh, with okay. um, with that whole thing. So yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit different of a geopolitical conversation. But you know, we were just ahead of the curve. You and I, we saw the future, and now ChatGPT is part of the first up program. As will be Chuck Swirsky, the voice of the Chicago Bulls. He'll join us on the other side. Plus, Rupper. Mike Rupp from the NHL Network in about 20 minutes' time. More first up, hour four, after this. It's a big one down at Scotiabank Arena tonight. The Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors, two teams vying for playoff positioning in the Eastern Conference. The Raps have been playing better of late. Chicago has been struggling of late, but... You know, that's not a reason, Coco, why tonight's a big night down at Scotiabank Arena. It's because Chuck Swirsky and the Chicago Bulls in town. And anytime Chuck Swirsky is around the Toronto Raptors, whether the game's in Chicago or in Toronto, we always love welcoming him to the program. Good morning, Chuck. What's going on? My man. Good morning. Yes. <laughs> What's up, Chucky? Well, Carlo and Aaron, it's a beautiful day. It's always a beautiful day when I'm in the great city of Toronto. Uh, you got to love it. So <laughs> here we are. I love it. And uh, it is a big game tonight for both teams. Chucky, you know, you've really inspired me to be to take up dance lessons because there's nothing I enjoy more than watching your Twitter feed <laughs> after the Bulls win, and you just bust out some moves, buddy. Where do you get it from? Well, uh, listen, I am so bad, so bad. But here's what happened. So we're in COVID, and we didn't travel. And so we're doing games, actually, in the lower uh, area of the United Center, in the lower, not the lower bowl, but the level below the lower bowl. And the, the Raptors and the Bulls and every team in the league had to go through this. So we're not the only ones. So I want to make sure I'm very transparent about this. So here we are. We're broadcasting um, road games from the United Center. Now, the Blackhawks are playing, and so I'm calling the game with the Bulls. Levine on the right side. And, well, the Blackhawks just scored. Back to you, Bill. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so it was, a, it was a bad season for the Bulls. And a game late in the year, the Bulls won in dramatic fashion. And so afterwards, because I was just, we were all just with COVID and everything, I was just gassed out. And so I did a little dance in the studio, and our engineer, Rich Wyatt, taped it. And unbeknownst to me, he put it up on social media, and we got like 57,000 hits. <laughs> and so, so now... So like you're a TikTok game, star now. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dancing with the stars. 
Nice. Chuck Swirsky is our guest, uh, not only a fantastic dancer, but a fantastic broadcaster as well as every Toronto Raptors fan of a certain vintage. Myself and yourself, Carlo, would certainly be, a, be amongst those. When you returned to Toronto, Chuck, so many great memories. You would have come to the team right around when Vince Carter was drafted. I don't know if it was the same, the same right. year, but very close to that. So you saw like the rise of not only Vince Carter and the Toronto Raptors, but also, I would argue, Canadian basketball as a whole. Take us back to those memories and what being back in the city today is like for you these days. Well, I mean, you're right. I mean, it was 25 seasons ago. It was Vince's uh, first year, the rookie year. He won Rookie of the Year in a truncated schedule because there was a lockout. But uh, my first broadcast was in Boston, and it was Vince Carter and Paul Pierce's first game as NBA players. And, I mean, it was crazy. It was wild. It was exhilarating, invigorating. Uh, I loved the fact that, you know, this was a new franchise. Uh, they had veteran players. Uh, Glenn Grenwald had made a deal in the offseason, bringing Charles Oakley from New York for Marcus Camby. Um, you know, we had guys like Doug Christie, D. Brown. I mean, I could go on and on. And there was a rookie on that ball club by the name of Sean Marks who's now the GM of Brooklyn Nets. So, I mean, that that first year will always be very, very special. Chucky, let's uh, dive into this NBA season. We in Toronto are probably experiencing something similar than what the Bulls have gone through this year. Obviously, there was a lot of noise around the Raptors going into the trade deadline having a lot of pieces that, you know, teams would covet, and ultimately they decided to be buyers instead of sellers. But... What's it been like in Chicago this year? Like, what's what's been the single thing that has stood out as the reason why the Bulls have underachieved this year? Right now, sitting in the eleventh spot, one one game yep. or half a game out of the the tenth spot, which would be the play-in round. Yeah, you know what? Uh, here's the story. No one's very happy with the results. I think um, you know this has been an underwhelming year. Um, and from the standpoint of consistency, there has been none. Uh, it's been an inconsistent ball club. There are times when they look outstanding, and then there are other times they go through a week and they just can't get it together. And it's very perplexing and uh, frustrating. And um, you know, maybe with the addition of Patrick Beverly, although it's very difficult to have one player at this point in the season come in and kind of change things, but he brings a, a different personality and a different swag and a different voice that, quite frankly, the Bulls don't have. And, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those players, guys. And, Carlo, you know this because you've been in locker rooms where when, when a new player comes in with a reputation, you, you, you're glad that he's on your team because you hate playing against him. And I think Patrick Beverly is that type of player. He gets in your grill. He's a tough, gritty, 6-1 player that plays bigger. And um, I think it's it's the freshness of coming off the all-star break with a guy like that and the results of two games where they've held opponents to under 90 points has been awesome. Now, whether or not they continue that, not necessarily under 90 points, because that's unrealistic. But I'm just talking about the attitude that he has brought from the locker room to the floor. And that's why I'm excited to see, especially tonight, on the road 
against a ball club, in my opinion, that is going to make some noise in postseason. And that's why I think this is a huge game for a lot of reasons, especially the tiebreaker in the season series. We're in conversation with Chuck Swirsky, the voice of the Chicago Bulls. It's the Raptors and the Bulls tonight on TSN 1050. And Chicago coming off a couple of really impressive wins. They destroyed uh, the Brooklyn Nets a couple of nights ago. The Washington Wizards, a team that both Toronto and Washington are competing, and Chicago, I should say, are competing with here in the East. And I think as far as the as the Bulls season goes, I mean, Zach Levine's been banged up. We know what Vucevic can do. But a guy that we focused on a lot leading into the season was Lonzo Ball. And really sad story with his knee. Like, it sounds like the doctors can't even figure out what's going on with it. Like, what can you tell us about the future of Lonzo Ball as a basketball player? Yeah, you know what, I mean, here, the, the story with Lonzo is that uh, a year ago, and again, you can't go back in time, and I get all this, but I'm just trying to let your listeners and yourselves understand the impact he's had. So they bring him in a four-year deal in a sign-and-trade with the Pelicans. And he comes in, and the Bulls, at the All-Star break a season ago, okay, are 37-21. and 21. They have the best record in the Eastern Conference. He is having career highs and three-point shootings, and also his defensive efficiency is off the charts. He has a knee issue, and it's wait and see. Well, all of a sudden, two weeks turns into four weeks, turns into he's out for the year. He doesn't come back. So now you're thinking, okay, training camp, you know, preseason, the watches minutes, well, didn't get that. And you're right. It's, it, it's, it's very, very difficult to put in perspective what a guy has meant to not only the starting unit, but how it has affected a ripple effect in different layers of what a head coach can do and cannot do with other players on the floor without him. So it has been so hard, um, and it's been hard on everyone, especially, obviously, Lonzo, who's a really nice young man, and he is a, a terrific young man, and he can't play. And so now it's wait and see, and hopefully they can figure things out uh, in the off season to get ready for 23-24. I wish I had a better answer for you, but I don't. No, well, you're not a doctor. You can't read the MRIs. You can do a lot of other good things, Chuck Swirsky, the <laughs> voice of the of the Chicago Bulls. What is your thoughts on uh, the former team they used to cover in the Raptors, some big moves prior to the trade deadline with Jakob Pertl coming in? Do you think this is a team that could potentially make a second-half run here? Well, if they shoot better, absolutely. I mean, listen, I love the Pertl trade, and Masai is fabulous. I love Masai. And so... I look at your ball club, and I'm thinking there's a lot of talent here, like a lot of talent. And, um, you know, no team is perfect. Every team is flawed. But the addition of Jakob Pertl was huge. And I've always been a Jakob Pertl fan, even from the days when the uh, Raptors drafted him from Utah. And, uh, you know, having seen him play, obviously, uh, from day one when he came in the league. So I think this was a really, really good move, a, a smart move. And I'm glad, in a sense, um, you can let this marinate now to see what you've got going into the off season. 
uh, to find out what you're going to do with the cap, what you're going to do with players, what you're going to do as you move forward. Because I, I do think there's a lot of talent on the Raptors. There's no question about it. Well, Chuck, the when, you walk are... around, when you walk around Toronto, Chuck, do people come up to you and be like, salami and cheese, onions, baby <laughs> onions. Like, does, that, does that happen to you all the time? Well, it happened when we checked in at the hotel. <laughs> um, people were helping the, the ball club with the luggage. And I, I kid you not, downtown hotel, people are helping us out. You know, we came in late because of the snow in Toronto. So we're getting our luggage off the bus. And uh, a very nice you know, individual said, Mr. Swirsky, may I help you? And I said, I've got it. I'm good. He goes, by the way, is there salami and cheese in your bag? <laughs> I love that. I, said, I love that. And, 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 you, it's amazing. Customs is great. They're all great. I mean, I love it. I love Toronto so much. And uh, people are fabulous. And so uh, every time, you know, the NBA schedule is released, I always, you know, seek out the uh, Raptors when we come to Toronto. So, Chuck, you're obviously famous in Toronto with a lot of the catchphrases you left Toronto Raptors fans with. Have you carried anything with you? To Chicago, and have you come up with any new ones that uh, you feel love to share with us? Oh, uh, well, I've left the salami and cheese in the refrigerator in Toronto. <laughs> okay, that that did not carry over to Chicago. Uh, onions, baby onions, for a big shot. That that moved to the states. But I, I actually, uh, since you asked, and um, you know, again. Um, you know, it, it was a legit question, so I'm going to give you a very honest answer. I have come up with a new one. Can we hear it? or? Well, I mean, if, if you want to hear it, you'll hear it. Uh, so let's say Carlo <laughs> uh, is is on a big-time run, and you've hit like three threes. Yeah, I can see that happening, like for sure. Spectacular plays. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it's just not a shot, Okay. Uh, so let's say, you know, during the course of a game, uh, Koliakovo is like on fire. I'll say, put him in the hall. Put him in the hall of fame. <laughs> I love it. Love oh, that's it. so good, man. Nice. It's, uh, it's amazing. Chuck, you haven't been with the Raptors in, what, probably close to 15 years now? And my friends and I, we still, we still use salami and cheese and onions all the time. Like, I'm watching games with my friends and, like, oh, yeah, get the salami. This game's done. It's over. So you have left a uh, lasting legacy, as you're well aware. Uh, we're huge fans of yours forever and always. Chuck Swirsky, have a great call tonight. Night, and we'll do this again the next time the Raps and the Bulls play, okay? Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you. All right. You too, Chucky. One See of the best. Chuck Swirsky. Chucky, you and Chuck Swirsky used to hang out I love that guy, back man. in the day. We awesome. did. We did. We used to text all the time. I remember how disappointed I was when I heard that he was leaving to go from Toronto to Chicago, but obviously I knew he was going for family reasons, so I was excited about that, but love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. Yeah, and we still have got Matt Devlin. Oh, yeah. Of course, Jack Armstrong. We're still loaded with fantastic broadcasters here. We're very fortunate here with the Toronto Raptors. I'm looking at the uh, tweet sent out by James Duthie, which I know you've watched, Coco. That's something Hilarious. special. We encourage you to check that out at TSN James Duthie. A look ahead to our Trade Center coverage here at TSN. And a man who is very, very dialed in with everything that's happened so far in the NHL. He is from the NHL Network. He is Mike Rupp, and he will join us next. 
So the NHL trade deadline, three days away, 3 p.m. on Friday. And so many deals have already gone down. Think about Ryan O'Reilly, the trade made to bring him in from St. Louis. And, of course, Tarasenko has been traded. And, I mean, Barbashev and Jake McCabe yesterday. A number. It sounds like Patrick Kane basically a done deal heading to the Rangers. A number of big deals potentially still to come. Maybe Jacob Chikrin gets moved. Uh, maybe there's something we're not even expecting at this moment, Carlo, that might develop. But let's welcome in a man who is synonymous with the sport of hockey. He played in the NHL for a long time. Now a broadcaster with the NHL Network. It's Mike Rupp back on first up. What's going on, Mike? What's going on? Good morning, fellas. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. It's, all, it's always a pleasure. Mike. Always it's love always getting pleasure. Rupper back on the show. Ruppers, we're, we're big fans it. of Mike Rupp. We're big fans of Mike Rupp. And I think a lot of people in Toronto, Mike, are big fans of what Kyle Dubas has done so far ahead of the trade deadline. I mean, these trades, not insignificant at all. You bring in O'Reilly, a guy who had a ton of playoff success, much like yourself in your NHL career. And, of course, the big trades made yesterday with McCabe and Lafferty coming over from Chicago. What is your evaluation of what Toronto's done so far ahead of the deadline? Um, I, I, to be honest with you, like just, uh, I absolutely love it. I love what they've done. I think it's what they need. I think it's what every team needs going into the playoffs, adding some depth pieces, but also, you know, looking at this roster and this team that um, had some needs, and, and I think those were addressed. I, I think, and listen, I've been, I've been one that's been rather critical of Kyle Dubas over his his tenure. Um, I, you know, he, he does things. His no, way. you don't like to poke fun at uh, at the Leaf fans or <laughs> Kyle Dubas. You know, Not you. <laughs> it, it just, I, I, I ha- we have uh, philosophical differences. Let's put it that way. And I agree. Uh, but but these ones that he has made for me, I, I think they're awesome. I think this Leafs team, um, you couldn't have done much better as, as far as what they've done. And, and I think that this should help them shore up things in a big way for the playoffs. They've, they've gotten a lot of intangibles in their lineup now. Do you think they're better suited to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning this year? I mean, it's crazy to think. You look at the Eastern Conference and the top six teams in the league are all in the Eastern Conference. So it's not going to be an easy matchup for some teams, but... They're playing Tampa Bay again. You saw Tampa Bay go out and get Tanner Janot. Does this give them a better chance to beat Tampa? It certainly gives them a better chance, but that's the thing we've been thinking all year. We've known all year. This is the the part that that stinks the most is that we know they got to play Tampa. And Tampa was a team all year, and even I've been sitting here thinking, like, what are they going to do? They're always a team that's going to come and do something at the deadline maybe that people didn't recognize and think. Um, didn't anticipate happening. It's going to pay big dividends. And then they go and do that Tanner Janot move. Um, I don't know if they're done, if if they're going to be making all these little subtle changes. I mean, it just seems like Julian Breezewall, everything he does heading up to the deadline um, has paid off in the past. So you almost think, oh, well, he's kind of that, that deadline whisperer and it's going to happen again. But, yeah, it, this those moves Kyle Dubas made – makes this i mean he answers any questions i think that i had maybe with the with the toronto maple leafs but then again you're still going against a team that's gone a street three straight stanley cup finals and they've got you know you can get vassied at any point you know right. and i think that that's the thing that you you, you got to put it up for every single team i mean that's the advantage that tampa has when you line up roster to roster that tampa still has some advantages on, on their side it's uh, it's a very unique case, and I guess it's actually something that your former team in the New Jersey Devils 
could very well be dealing with as well. Mike Rupp is our guest from the NHL Network in that New Jersey, great team. I mean, you trade for Timo Meyer, you've got Hughes and Heischer and Bratt and Dougie Hamilton. I mean, such an impressive roster they've put together, but you could be looking at a first-round matchup against the Rangers or the Hurricanes. I think both teams in the Atlantic, in Toronto and Tampa, and Oh, and I have a fire alarm going off in my building right now. So, Coco, you better take this away. <laughs> well, Rupper, I think what he was getting at was you're a guy who uh, very publicly voiced uh, Timo Meyer to New Jersey. So how pumped were you to see them finally pull the trigger on bringing in a piece like Timo Meyer? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't, am I pumped? Uh, I, I just want to see, I want to see trades. I want to see good playoff hockey. I want to see these kind of fantasy league matchups that we're seeing right now in the Eastern Conference. So, um, you know, I, I put it this way. I've, I've worked a couple, called a couple of the Ranger Devils games this year. And, you know, theoretically you'd think, well, the Rangers still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They would probably, probably have the upper hand against the Devils. They don't match up well. Like, they kind of struggle with the Devils. The Devils are fast. They're quicker. They're they're a little, a little bit of a different team than a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference. And they kind of give the Rangers some problems. So I was thinking, but it's the same way I said that you can get Vassy, you can get Igor the same way, right? <laughs> so you know, that's kind of the, the X factor for, uh, for the Rangers. And um, I just thought if this Devils team, they're exciting, they're fun to watch, they've got a bright future, but they have a lot of the same players. A lot of them are undersized. They're fantastic players. I take any one of them on my team, but I don't yeah. know if I if you can have six of them on the same team. You know what I mean? Think- and so I think Timo Meyer, they needed someone to play on the inside. They needed a little bit more of an interior presence. Or, or uh, for your uh, lingo, you like sometimes go down to the block and post up, right? You know, you yeah. gotta have someone willing to go down there. So I, I think that that's that they made themselves much stronger. I usually don't say that by one ad, but Timo Meyer gave them a different look now. And uh, but then again, the Rangers—they've uh, got some X factors, and this Patrick Kane thing seems like it's just sitting there waiting to be released. Um, it, it's going to be awesome, though. I can't wait. Yeah, and you said it best, man. I've been publicly vouching for it too. More trades, more flexibility, creates so much excitement around the game and around the playoffs type of uh, playoff time of year. Um, if there's a, any, a way the NHL can find a way to make more of it happen, it's just going to be better for the game. Um, I wanted to ask you, you said you got Vassied, you got Igor. I mean, could teams get all marked? I mean, with with Boston, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing the type of season that they're having. They get better, but did you think coming into the season that Boston was going to be this good? And, and do you think they have what it takes to potentially take this all the way? I had um, them in Washington as being one of those two teams not making the playoffs. So I had them a bubble team. Rupper, I had them in the Bedard sweepstakes. I mean, considering new coach, no no Martian, no McAvoy. I mean, Bergeron coming back, Krejci coming back. Like, I didn't think they were going to be anywhere close to this good. Hang on one second, Carl. Um, yeah, <laughs> someone's at the doorbell. Hey, we're having all these issues right now. Uh, I'm going to walk upstairs real quick. Yeah, but you know what? They have – they're a very – I thought that they were trending in the wrong direction for the last number of years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just thought that they weren't 
they weren't getting well. They, a they weren't getting younger. The window and, was closing, and, or the door yeah, that was window closing. Was, that window was closing, and I thought yeah. that they were too one dimensional. But that's where I think you go know, for coach of the year with with Montgomery. Like I think he he's got to be, and he's clearly in that conversation. I think he's got to win that because he's empowered the depths of their lineup. I mean, you guys saw it firsthand. I mean, when Nick Foligno went to Toronto, I love Nick Foligno. I love them in Columbus. When he went to Toronto, I'm like, oh man, they get, this is, might be this might be getting a little bit too old now. It might just be getting towards, you know, it's kind of turning the other way. He's revitalized I mean, the depths of their lineup. I mean, they, they've been empowered, and, and all of a sudden now, like they're coming at you in waves, making big trades. Um, I mean, it's I'm shocked at what they've done, and uh, they've done it from beginning to end so far. Robert, where do you stand on these players that are sitting out for trade-related reasons and still haven't been traded? Um, I, I'd like to see there be a limit on it. I don't know what that is. Like, I know a lot of people are talking. Is that two games? Is three-game limits? You How about know, just like a if, week? A week before the the actual deadline? Yeah, I mean, these guys were getting like settled through weeks. Yeah. Yeah, but I wonder, but you know, you know how that goes, though. I mean, we we know how the injury reports and stuff go. And then there's just going to be, all right, you know, Carlo's got a, you know, UBI. Like, you know, I, I guess what I, I'm very intrigued and curious on what agents in the Players Association think about it. Yeah. Because that is the, the, the kind of thing that would not allow teams to be like, all right, uh, Mike, you can't, you know, we're, we're trying to facilitate something here. We're not going to play you and release a, you know, upper body injury, whatever. And for the PA to be like, hold on a second. No, 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 no. Like he's good to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how all that, I don't know how all that plays out. I don't love it that it's extended. The Jacob Chickering situation has gotten a little bit out of control. Um, you know, we've it's outrageous. Seen it. It was, this guy's been trying to get it, traded for two years. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, there's got to be some sort of sort of limitations on it. Um, you look at the Eastern Conference, and we talked about the six teams that are, that that the East has that represent the top six teams in the league. Where do you stand on the Western Conference? Like, what team right now are you given a chance to you know go on a run here? Um. So I I, I thought all year the Dallas Stars the way they played were a team and, and the pieces they have and the structure they play with and all the good stuff. And the, the, the Ben and Sagan kind of revitalization with that group. Uh, I've been waiting Odger for them to – Yes, Ottinger and that. I've been thinking that, like, this is the year that them and the Winnipeg Jets, the way that they've situated themselves – we're going to be swinging for the fences at the trade deadline. Like every, like trying to find in on everybody. Cause they, I think they know that the Western conference is wide open and that central division, Colorado has had major issues with injuries all year. They haven't run away with that division. I thought Nashville was going to be pushing to win that division. They've stunk. Uh, the Minnesota wild have been very inconsistent. So it's an opportunity basically for Dallas and Winnipeg. I'm still waiting for them to make that move, or what move is it? You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's the, the Donov's not it. Like I, I, I don't. I mean, I, Dallas has to do something else, so it's wide open for me. I, it's like I'm just waiting for Colorado to get healthy. Colorado yeah. gets anything near healthy, they're winning the Western Conference. They'll be in the in the Stanley Cup final. 
Yeah, Mike I'm with a, you on that one, for sure. It's been a very eventful radio hit. My fire alarm going off here, your doorbell, the dogs going crazy. <laughs> a lot of excitement <laughs> here on this segment. Yeah, they're well, everyone's excited for trade deadline on Friday. Yeah, that's apparently. Why. Apparently. Hey, I don't you know what? That's, oh, why, that's, that's, that's why everybody loves you guys, because we keep it real. We exactly, keep it real around everybody. here. We're not exactly. trying to be all, you know... You know, high class. We, we live live the real life, you know? Exactly, buddy. <laughs> well said. Exactly. Well said. Thank you for doing this, Mike. Awesome, guys. Thanks. See you, pal. Mike Rupp, longtime NHLer and NHL network analyst. You must have had some battles with Mike Rupp over the years, Dude, right? Dude, I played junior hockey with him, man. Yeah. Oh, really? In Erie, yeah. Oh, Rupp was on your Erie team. He was. Was that the Corey Pecker team that Mike Rupp was a part no, of? No, my rookie year. My rookie year in Erie was his last year in Erie. Rupper's uh, the man. What a he is the vet. man. That guy he is, is the man. a grizzled individual. Yeah, we used to live next to each other, so he used to be my ride to the rink on most No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Young Carlo oh, Koliakvo, yeah. fresh off his 95 average. I remember coming into, the, coming into Erie my first year and just learning about the team. And you know, obviously, Tim Conley was there. Rupper was there. They were both drafted by the Islanders. And I remember looking at Mike Rupp, and I'm like, holy crap, this guy is ginormous he was just huge i think he's like six five two fifty like Dude, he had force. like a huge skating stride huge stick and he would just like like just out muscle you in every area of the ice it was just it was crazy man absolutely crazy Shout out to Mike Rupp and shout out to my fire alarm, which continues to go off. We'll be back with my FanDuel best bets on the other side. Yesterday, I predicted McDavid would have under one and a half points. How did that go for me? Not well. Let's see what terrible picks I make today. Next. Time now for today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Better all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All right, three picks today. Let's start with the Tampa Bay Lightning hosting Florida. I imagine Tanner Janot makes his Lightning debut this evening, and I like the Lightning in a big way. They have beaten Florida in seven of their past eight matchups. Florida has some injuries. We know Barkoff is banged up. Sam Bennett is banged up. Let's roll with the Lightning to win in regulation. Minus 105. Also, on the Toronto Raptors tonight, at home, they've got Chicago in town, and the Raptors have Fred Van Vliet back in the lineup. Give me the Raps, minus four. Lastly, and the NHL slate tonight, we like, Coco, you and I are all, both on the Boston Bruins tonight in Calgary. Boston, minus 130 against Calgary? I mean, Ulmark's in net for Boston. He's 34-1 and one this season. So, yeah, let's roll with the Boston Bruins on the road in this one. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Someone is currently knocking at my door. This is much like Mike Rupp. There is absolute chaos going on in my condo building right now. Fire alarms, people knocking at my door. Please go away. Go away. We got professional radio to do here, Coco. Hopefully things are a lot more calm when you are, where you are. Ah, it's totally calm here. Totally calm. I uh, I don't know how calm it's going to be outside. I did uh, do some snow shoveling outside late last night with the snow that we got. And when I woke up this morning, there was the uh, two-foot plow wall at the end of my driveway. I hope my wife was able to get out this morning, but I probably got to go do some more shoveling. Today. Well, uh, you got you probably have an assault bike to get to as well today. How's that Absolutely. been going? You're look, you can see it in the face. 
It's like your face coming together. You're looking like you're playing self these days. It's very uh, impressive. Also saw your legs coming out at the big Colomania party. That's right. Very buddy. impressive. That was the talk yeah. of the party. Carlos' the size legs. Of my legs. <laughs> they are tree trunks, like an yeah. NHLer would be. But that's one thing with an NHL guy. It's like the ass and the legs. They stay forever, right? Exactly. All those squats <laughs> for exactly. the rest of time. Skating stride, bent over. Um, but I am going to see uh, our boss Jeff McDonald's uh, swing guru today. So really, she can. Uh, she get me all straightened out. Wow. Yeah. It's a big season. I should probably go for some kind of, you know, I'm going to Vegas next week for four days. I've got to get my body in shape you know, physically and mentally for the big golf trip. So uh, we'll see how it ultimately works out. Have but you gone to see her at all? No, I have not. I have okay. Not. Yeah. I, don't need any, I don't need any help with my swing. It's immaculate. Shout People out to People compare Michelle. me to, to, to Rory McIlroy's swing. So oh, what yeah. would I need? Sure. What would I need uh, a swing guru? I think there's a lot of good stuff that we've come up with today with regards to chat GPT. Again, the AI, which we've asked a lot of questions to, and there's a lot of stuff that we can use for tomorrow's show. Perhaps a new First Up theme song, a lot of answers to questions that we have been seeking for a, a long time here. I mean, Chrissy, you've like you've been... Sending different screenshots all morning long about this guy's been busy. Salary, yeah, he's been very busy. Not actually working on the show, but just coming out with different. Questions what did it say about Dan Orlovsky's salary? Uh, it does not make a million dollars a year. That is, uh, it's highly unlikely. I think that's how uh, Chat GPT is phrased. It, but you know what? Why don't we ask Dan to come on the show? Our only question, nothing to do with the Bears and what they're going to do in the first round pick. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. How much money do you make per week, Dan? And just to settle an argument that we've had on. This show. Ah, ESPN. Doesn't Stephen A. Smith make $20 million a year? I think it's $10 million a year for for Stephen A. But Schefter and Wojnowski, those guys might make $20 million. Almost as much as Frankie Corrado. Yeah. Frankie Corrado. He is the highest paid man uh, at TSN. No he doubt. sure One is. of our favorites. One of our favorites. So, the knocking at my door persists. Maybe they might have got the inkling that I didn't want to come to the door when I yelled, Go away! Just a moment ago, but I think that's a <laughs> or good Or maybe time there's to... a real fire that you need to get out of the place. You know what? I hadn't <laughs> contemplated that, but I really hope that's not the case. So you're going to have to find out if I make it out alive here on uh, my downtown condo. If not, geez, the show's all yours, Sayonara. Sayonara. Uh, it's been a good, well, it's been a good run. Yeah, so we'll later. be back tomorrow morning. Thank you to Cheese. Thank you to Twenty Fingers. We'll see what Kyle Dubas gets up to today. Probably make another couple deals. Maybe bring in Soros, Patrick Kane. JT yeah, Miller, that guy doesn't stop. That guy doesn't stop. So for everybody here at TSN 1050, thank you for being with us. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Ciao. Put him in the hall. Put him in the hall of fame. <laughs>